Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, this week, I'm very excited because I'm welcoming back uh, a couple people who I've talked to previously on the show. Um, the main story that we are focused on, though, is Alyssa Clark and her just incredible victory at the Ure 100 um, uh, like a month or so ago, like a month and a half ago. Um if you haven't ever looked up the course the course profile for Ure, I mean dude, it looks really <laughs> it looks really tough. Um according to their website, there's 40,000 feet of elevation gain in the 100 miler. 40,000 feet. That is bonkers. Um and not only that though, it also probably has to be one of the prettier hundred mile courses. I mean, Ure, Colorado is incredible. It's in this box Canyon. It's in the San Juan mountains. Like if you haven't ever been, that place is definitely uh, kind of a gym out here. Um, so we're talking to Alyssa about that race, but I'm, I'm excited. This is like a whole big party episode because, uh, Alyssa brought her husband Cody on, so we kind of get to hear the perspective of the race, you know, from the crewing's perspective, which is super fun. And then secretly, I brought on Anna Albrecht, which uh, who paced Alyssa during the race. Uh, it was her pacer. Um, Anna's been on the show on the podcast before too. Uh, I think she was episode one ninety six. So um, she comes on and we talk and so i get to hear all story all sorts of stories from her crew from her pacer um and from Alyssa herself so and i mean Alyssa clark is an absolutely incredible alternate like i'm pretty sure just the way she comes across it's like she has never doubted that she could finish something that she starts like her mindset is so solid it's it's so much what you need in these big events that it's just really impressive to see you know she doesn't have that self-doubt she's just like yeah I'm out there I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going and that's that's impressive to me and that's kind of what comes across uh whenever I've talked to her uh I looked it up before uh, Alyssa was on the podcast on episode 220. Um, we talked about her running 95 marathons in 95 straight days. Uh, since that podcast, Guinness has officially declared it a world record. So Alyssa is a world record holder, um, which congratulations. I don't know if I told her that. I think I found that out after I recorded this one. So congratulations, Alyssa. You're a world record holder. That's that's amazing. That's incredible. You deserve it. Um, and she's also training for Tour de Jeans. And so <laughs> the Ure 100 almost was like a training run for her, which is really just kind of an incredible thing to say. Um, but Tour de Jeans is this 200-mile race uh in the Italian Alps and it's double the distance, double the fun. Um, and she's going to do awesome. So I know I'll be rooting her on and I hope you guys do too. Uh, yeah, let's get right into it. This is like a Bigfoot podcast number 267 with Alyssa Clark featuring Cody Clark and Anna Albrecht. I am honored once again last time you came on and you it was awesome like such a fun conversation um but you just got done winning the ure 100 which correct me if i'm saying ure wrong is it ure ure how do we do this honestly i think your guess is as good as mine i've always said ure but i've also heard ure my husband's shaking his head saying it's ure so i think i don't know Let's go with anything you feel. You know, I'm more ashamed because I'm the guy who's like living in Colorado right now. And I I am obviously not a native because I don't know how to say. I think that's actually how you pass the native test. Oh, Are you a native okay. of Colorado? Can you say you Ray or Ure? Yeah, I think I'm I think you got me there because I think I honestly say Ure, but it is Ure. I think most of them say Ure. So I don't know. I guess go with Ure. 
I'm going with Ure because it's like Ure, you won. So that's what I'm doing. I don't know. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, but yeah, so I, I want to hear all about that. And I know your husband Cody's here to give like a, what it was like to crew you perspective. Um, but before we start, like just what was, why that race? Why'd you pick that one? Oh, that's a great question. So back in, I think it was 2018, I was looking through Amazon prime <laughs> documentaries as I think all of us do. And I came across um, the Ure 100, which uh, they followed, uh, oh my gosh, Avery, Avery. Collins. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I need to talk his name for a second. Um, Avery Collins running the race. And I was like, this seems so right up my alley. Like it's a really, really hard 100 miler. So it has almost 42,000 feet of climbing in a hundred miles. Um, so you are just going up or down the entire race. Um, and the second half gets decently technical as well. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, this is, I think it's one of the hardest hundred milers in the U S in terms of, um, at least elevation and technicality. So of course I was like, yes, let's do it. Um, so when I saw that documentary, I was living in Italy at the time and I was like, that's, you know, one on my list, like I've, I've got to do when I get back to the US. And my big goal for this year is uh, actually going back to Tour de Jean in uh, Italy. And so my coach and I were kind of going through strategy of like how best to build up to tour. And he's like, yeah, I think a hundred miler in like June or July um, would be perfect. And he's like, but we need one that's, you know, really challenging. And I said, how about your A100? He's like, that's absolutely perfect. And I do know other people have used actually the 50 miler um, yeah. for prep tour um, in the States. But I... You're was, like, go big or go home. <laughs> generally. Yeah, he thought, he thought the 100 miler was a good idea. And... Um, yeah, I just, it's awesome. And actually my husband and I are both, he's more ice climbers. So we'd been there in the winter for ice yeah. climbing. And I just think it's like the prettiest, most awesome place um, in the U.S. And so I just like, really, really wanted to go back there for the 100 miler. Um, so it, it was all like, it weirdly just all kind of came together um, to be able to go. And I'm just psyched that I got to do it. They call it, don't they call it like little Switzerland or something? Yeah. Yeah. And it, so it's just so cool the way that the town sits and just the San Juans just rise yes. up above it. Um, and the roads are just gorgeous. Like you're driving along or um, you just are going through mountain passes and it's, it reminds me so much of being in Europe. Um, so it, it kind of felt like, you know, a second home in many ways, um, which has made me super happy. That's cool. Well, they, it's like in a box cannon. So there's like a cannon yeah. wall on three sides and there's like hot springs and these crazy looking mountains. It's just kind of what you imagine when you think about like the Rocky mountains. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so funny. Cause that's how I, it's just hilarious. Like I haven't spent that much time in Colorado. And when we were driving into Denver, cause we were coming across the country from Florida, I was like, I'm sorry, this is Colorado and no offense to Denver people. And I was like, it's really flat. No. Yeah. The mountains. And then we drove, we went to Estes Park first. And I was like, oh, okay. This like this is cool. I get this. And then it gets really flat again when you get kind of out of there heading towards Grand Junction. And I was like, wait a second, am I in the desert again? Like, who's fooling who? And then you you see these mountains in the background, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, those yeah. are amazing. And then you pull into Ure, and you're like, yep, this Just is awesome. Mind-blowing. Well, like, eastern Colorado always cracks me up because the, like, sign to get into the state always says colorful Colorado. And if you're in eastern Colorado in a certain time of year, it's just brown. Like it's like just, yeah, it's just like fields of grass that are completely flat. You can see like a billion miles and it's not colorful whatsoever, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, but no, Ray definitely lives up to all of the Colorado expectations um, that you could possibly have. So yeah, it was yeah, it was just awesome to be back there. Well, can you tell us about the course a little bit? Like, I guess this is all I really know about the race. I watched the documentary too, and it's awesome. Um, there's basically like this main city park in the middle of town, and you're kind of doing out and backs or loops from there. Is that correct? I call it like the the drunken spider route because it kind of it's like there. So you go out this Camp Bird Road, um, and then you do like a tiny out and back. And then you do, you go up and then you do like a mini out back and then a bigger out back. Um, so you get up to 13.5 wow. uh, is the highest point of the course. And most of the course is above um, 10,000 feet. So altitude is definitely like a factor. Um, and then you come down and then you go over a pass to Ironton, which is like right off the million dollar highway. And then you do a loop around the mountain and then you do the opposite direction of the loop around the mountain. And then you go back up and over this huge pass. You come down, you do a little out and back, and then you do this like big out and back, back to um, Crystal Lake over a pass, and then back, and then you come into the oh town, and you do this like crazy out and back um, up to a very, very steep point, And then you drop down, then you come back up and then you come back to the center and do like one more. And then a massive, the last climb is a little over five miles and almost 5,000 feet of climbing. And then you come drop back into the town. But like every climb is the, sh the least steep climb in the whole thing for a section is like 2500 feet and the biggest <laughs> climb is like like they're th all the rest are like three to five thousand foot climbs dude you're so, making me want to cry right now that sounds like absolutely brutal so the thing is is that it's all about the mindset that you take in so like if you go into it saying i hate out and backs and i hate loops then like you're not going to be happy um, but if you go into it and also to the last 35 miles, those last like three major out and backs, you're like coming into the finish line. Like start <laughs> oh, even finish, more like, rough. Yeah. So you have 25 miles left where you're just like doing little out and backs out of the start finish. So it's, it's gnarly, but I guess I can't say much because my first hundred miler was hurt, which is five 20 mile loops. So I just kind of took it as this race can fuck with your mind if you want to or you can just decide like you're going to use that to your advantage yeah. and um i just kind of decided that it wasn't really going to bother me if i was seeing um because some of them you're like you're coming down what you're going to have to turn around i mean all of them you're coming around like coming down what you're going to have to turn around and go back up and you can either be super bothered by by that or you can just be like okay it is what it is yeah um and the fun part of the out and backs is that you are constantly crisscrossing with people so i um like you're constantly able to cheer people on and like have people be like rooting for you and that's one of my favorite parts of ultras and something that i so missed when we didn't get to do them yeah. was just the camaraderie on the course and like being able to root people on and like have them cheer for you back. So like there was a group of us, um, like the top guys and I were like all kind of going in and out together. And um, that definitely made it just way more fun. Like at the last bit, this guy had this amazing race, like turned it on the last 25 miles and he was coming down on the last climb. And I was just so proud of him. Like he went from being like seventh or eighth to second and had like the race of his life. And I was like, both of us started tearing up when we crossed and like patting each other on the backs. And I think that you just gain such a sense of camaraderie in these types of races because they're so hard. I mean, they are really hard, but you also constantly get to kind of like see people go through the trials and tribulations of the race too. And I think that there's something that's really, really special and beautiful about that aspect of it. Oh my, I totally agree. Like when you, when you've 
done, like, that's what I love. Like everyone does the same course. And so when you've done the course and then a lot of times you're usually just seeing people finish, but I love this idea. Like you're passing people the whole way. So you kind of get little updates here and there about how their race is going. But when you've done the, the same course as someone and you know what it took for you to get there and then you see someone else do it too, like it just gives you chills. It's awesome. Definitely. Is- yeah. I will say though, seeing people go, a couple of people go up the last climb. I was like, I don't want to be you. I don't want to do that again. That's when you're just like almost done. You're almost done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was, it was awesome. It, it is also really interesting from a strategy perspective because you kind of constantly know where everyone is in the race. Yeah. Um, because it's not like you have someone saying, oh, you know, they're 15 minutes back or 20 minutes back. It's like you're visibly seeing where you're crisscrossing with people. So I think that adds an element of race strategy that's that's kind of fun. And I wasn't looking too far into that um, because I kind of went into it with, like I wanted to to do well, but I also am using this as a training tool for tour. So it was also like, you know, take what the day gives you. but yeah, it was really interesting seeing how things kind of played out in that regard as well. Yeah. What was your overall time? Um, so I was just over 37 hours. Wow. That's um, so amazing. And now you're like power hiking, I'm assuming. Yeah. Is yeah. anyone running those hills? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I maybe Anthony who came in first ran a little bit, but like, everyone's power hiking because they're just too steep yeah Uh, i mean the so the fastest men's time i think is right around like high 30s 31 hours and then only so one woman has run 34 30 and then i was 37 and then the next woman behind me was like 40 30 something and she had the third fastest time so like there was a huge gap between like the woman who did 34 and then at like 43 was the next fastest time. So it was cool to see this race. There was like a couple of us that kind of closed that gap of the women's and the men's time. So it wasn't yeah. um, quite as big, but like, honestly, it had a 36% finish rate this year. So <laughs> it was gnarly. We had some storms. It was crazy. Oh, oh, this is what I want to hear all about. I think we should probably bring your husband Cody on to like give us some some like background on all of these kind of stories as well is he there yeah I'm right here. right here what's up man how's it going good uh I gotta hear this man so you crewed were you also a pacer I couldn't pace this time because uh, I had a hurt ankle but uh honestly before she went into this race I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to even keep up with her in the last 20 miles or so (laughs) yeah you could have (laughs) I'm not not much of an ultra runner I dabble but uh she moves pretty quickly out there yeah yeah so when you're seeing her at the aids like the aid stations or the home base in that park like what is your thoughts and like what is your job like is she ever at a low moment it just I don't know. Just from talking to you, Alyssa, I'm like, I don't think I could see Alyssa at like a low moment. No, she has low moments. <laughs> I, so my, I will say it's kind of funny that you were, we were talking earlier about um, your film of, of people crying is that actually my biggest goal for this entire race was not to cry. Um, <laughs> so I cry like every single race and I was so determined. I was like, I'm going to stay mentally calm enough and like within myself that I am not going to cry in the race and I didn't so I that was like a big step of maturity for me um but I did have it was kind of funny so like 50 miles in it was the middle of the night we had (laughs) an out and back (laughs) kind of sucked um and I my stomach was just like a mess because you're constantly I mean the tough part is you're constantly like coming from an aid station that's lower, going up into higher altitude and trying to process food. Um, and also like you're balancing going slowly enough to digest, but also like keep moving. Yeah. Um, so it's a really tricky combination of like, what can I eat? What can I not eat? And um, I was feeling like super nauseous. 
ended up throwing up on one of the sections. I think pretty much like from what I've seen, every one of the top six people who uh, raced like threw up at some point during the race. <laughs> so it seemed pretty standard. Um, but I came in and Cody was basically like, you're, you're leading at 50 miles. Like you're probably up, I think I was up by like two-ish hours or something like that. Like pick yourself up, have some dignity and like keep going. <laughs> what, what was she like when she came in? Well, it's, I'm sure it's very typical of everyone, at least I've seen, is they come in and they're like, oh, that was awful. I'm having stomach problems. But those people are struggling to just finish the race. And Alyssa yeah. at this time was, you know, I think the other girl was a champion because there was a group of four of them. And then, you know, I think overnight, two of them dropped out. The other girl was about, I think, two to three hours behind her. And although you want to do your personal best, there was, there's no need to be rushing at this point. So. Yeah. Why don't we just chill out for a second? You're doing very well. And maybe just, you know, let your heart rate come down, let your stomach settle and eat some real food. And then you can continue on. Like you could sleep for two hours at this point and still be in first. That's a kind of kind of nice position to be in. Yeah. Nothing Dude, that's perfect. wise, man. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of my rational brain. Yeah, we go, we we have often talks before she races about the goal of the race and the goal of this race was to not race, but to use it as a training run. And then she was in first in the first 50 miles. By totally the- got race mode. Yeah. So I was trying to remind her of like the, what we talked about as the goal that we yeah. need for and just, you know, slow her down, eat, you know, I just didn't want her to blow up cause there's still a lot of race. I'm sure as you, I, I always say like the race doesn't really start to like the last third or last quarter, which I'm sure, you know, yeah. more than me. but um, yeah, I was trying to make sure she didn't blow up before that point. Did, did that work out? Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to keep Alyssa like logically thinking in the middle of the night after 50 miles and all that. But um, what I decided to do was just uh, walk down the road with her and be like like hand her food and just eat this eat this because at that point we could have pacers so i mean he was like doing the job of a pacer he was just like holding some of my food and just down just being like just walk this section like you don't need to be gunning it right now and then i ended up meeting like kind of catching on with two other guys the guy who ended up coming in second and so i I had some friends to kind of get through and they knew the course so well. So they were really helpful in kind of just like giving me feedback of, Hey, this part's hard, but like it gets better here. Um, so like, you know, just keep it calm and you'll be fine. Um, so that, that really helped too. But yeah, I think Cody, I, I just get like so wrapped up sometimes and like, I have to just be just like, like, I kind of get it. I don't like getting past either, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even like I wasn't, I wasn't even like in the position of really needing to worry about that. But I just always feel like I just have to like, like gas pedal down the entire time. And so I just like put the gas pedal down and I was super low on calories. And he was just kind of like, I think he just kind of reminded me that like be the best version of yourself. Um, which in, he said in so many words. And so I think that that was a really good reminder of like, like you are doing well, every, like things are going well. You're just like getting yourself frantic and worked up for no reason. So just calm down, like take a deep breath. You're fine. And you're going to do better if you just relax a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times when I get in those moments, like that's when I stop, start crying. So that, like at least I wasn't that far um, gone in that regard. And so I think that was probably a little bit better than I have been. And I was able to articulate kind of what was going on and how I was feeling, Um, which as we all know, like as you get more and more tired, you just can't even like verbalize it. At least that's what happens to me. I become this, this like weird mutant that is like, can't talk it's weird that happens to me too like obviously i'm i'm very chatty all the time to an annoying extent probably but when i get really tired it's just i don't get mean i just get quiet i'm just like i'm quiet 
So on the last climb, I mean, we can come to this, but I, I had my pacer, Anna, who you've had on, um, who won hurt. She, I just like did stop talking to her. I just was just like, I'm not gonna, I was like, I don't have the energy to put words out right now. I'm just trying to get up to that really high point that seems further and further away. Like yeah. the um, so at one point I was trying to figure out which one we were going to, because there were like a couple of mountains and I was like, just took, I go, Anna took my pole and pointed like that one, that, and she's like, that one. I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> just like caveman. That one looks so like, far. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was yeah. beautiful, but I was just like, when is this ever going to end? Yeah. Well, Cody is so like, I have to imagine she's out there for hours and hours and hours. Like, what do you, what do you do in that time? Huh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, a lot of time I was just making sure I was hundred percent prepared for where she show up. Yeah. And, um, I don't know why I've uh, my first, the first race I crewed her in was that hurt 100 after we only been dating for a couple months. And I, I don't think I really knew what I was getting myself into, but it, <laughs> did not. it was, it was great because it kind of worked out for what I thought it was. I was like, so I can just, <laughs> you know, tell her like to change her socks and like have things ready for her. And like, so I kind of have this system where I just have a backpack that I lay out things. I laid out like a sleeping mat and I could just basically lay out socks, new pair of shoes, food. Um, so I do spend quite a bit of time even just like getting to the next spot because it's a weird, you know, back roads. Oh there. yeah, man. And then setting up, but I just try to stay, I, I was not going to stay awake the whole time this race, but I ended up doing it because it was just, it was, I knew it would have been beneficial for her. Yeah. So, um, I luckily had some downloaded shows on my iPad. So I watched some stuff to stay awake. I had like only, only once or twice I had, uh, some time to watch a TV show, but, uh, most of the time I end up helping other people. I end, yeah, up, cool. Cool. Does this. I end up crewing like a couple of people ahead of her and behind her and you know, you know, maybe they have their own people, but I help at least as much as I can, you know, they can just sit down and talk while I get the water for them or something like that. Yeah. Like really fun. Cause I make pretty decent friends. He always you know, comes away with friends. And <laughs> like, that's actually something Anna said to me. She was like, man, Cody just makes friends wherever he goes. Like he's always comes out of aid stations with like, this is my friend and that's my friend. And he was even showed up in someone else's race report. <laughs> no way. My new friend Cody, like help me to the car. Dude. That's well. And that's what I like. Like you're out there with people doing the same thing. Like, you're just, it doesn't matter what, you know, you probably don't have the same walks of life in many respects, but in that moment, you're like, we're out here doing the same thing. Like our paths have crossed. Let's, let's talk. And then you're like, oh yeah, we have a lot in common now. No way. That's it. It's probably comes. I mean, it, this happens a lot in like climbing too, where it's like yeah. a very mindset. You have the people who like want to be faster or like go, go farther, just like in running where some people like will, will want to be extra competitive. But yeah. then for the most part, everybody on the mountain or on the ra the racetrack or on the course, like they want to just help each other. So it's just mutually beneficial for everybody to kind of like, you know, if somebody needs some water, I can give them some water. If they need some food, maybe I need food and they can give me food. Yeah. But just helping everyone out is generally beneficial for everyone. Well, and you're all out there like seeing people do a, a but like crazy thing, like 42,000 feet of climbing. And it's just like, whoa, like, what can we do to help I anybody do this? This is nuts. That kind right. of yeah, You're making some, yeah, making their time a little bit easier to accomplish something amazing. And I think yeah. that Cody has, <laughs> I mean, great for me, unfortunately, maybe for him, he's gotten a lot of experience crewing me. <laughs> and a lot of times, like people have such like, amazing friends or family that want to help but they just they just have never done it before um so like he's always really good about um kind of helping people figure out what they need and what they want or like helping the crews um with like oh they might need this or they might need that um so he's he's kind of a an expert crewer at this point, um, <laughs> pro crew. If, yeah. if anybody's listening to this, wants to sponsor me as a crew professional. Oh, me... there you go, dude. Yeah, Hoka, reach yeah. out or whatever. One of those ones. I would love to see that, um, like little documentary, like pro crew. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, there's like uh, uh, they get all their athletes together for some conference, and it's like Jim Walmsley, and they're like Cody, what do you do? And you're like 
pro crew. Pro crew. <laughs> like, what's full, up? Full time. <laughs> you mentioned Jim Wamsley was there, right? Yeah, he was there. He was going to, um, oh my gosh, who, a really famous photographer. For the 200 uh, races. The, was yeah. that Howie? Howie yeah, Howie, Howie was in Ure, or was doing Ure 100. Um, and Jim was there to pace him, which is That's so, so cool. cool. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and unfortunately, Howie um, dropped it, like, I think 40 or 45. It was, like I said, the storms were just brutal on people. And it was it, an unfortunate time for it to storm. Yeah, yeah let's hear about the storms. Yeah, I hear yeah, okay. So basically, there were a couple of really high points. Um, so, like, the 13.5, um, and then... There was another that was probably like over 12. Um, and then where I was, it, the top of Red Mountain was probably 12 something because we were already up at 10 something in Ironton. So you're like way above tree line. Yeah, yeah you're way above tree line. And so um, we kind of like, they tell you all the time. This is this race is hilarious because so many races, they'd be like, they would stop the race or they wouldn't yeah. like go in certain directions and this race are like you kind of knew what you were getting yourself into like you are an adult you can make the decision to go out or not um which i'm like yeah sounds good to me (laughs) uh so it just so where i was um a a lot of people got stuck on like the highest point of the course which was completely exposed during this like pretty big thunderstorm um, and so it was and not just, it was like, like, lightning, hail, sleet. Um, and so, I mean, some people were up over 13,000 and it just like, they felt unsafe. And so a lot of people dropped from just like, this isn't safe. It just me. shook them. Yeah. 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 And I totally respect like, whatever is it within your comfort, like not comfort zone, but like what makes you feel safe you need to do and like if you felt unsafe and you thought the lightning was too close like that's a good call because there's nothing more important than your own safety like no race is that important um i happened to be so i was in another section um where i was getting up to 12 something but I, it was very much like you would, you went up and then you were dropping really quickly. So I wasn't stuck on a pass up high. Um, so I was on the first loop of this two loop series. And right when I got to the top, it started pouring. And then the rain, it was like 30, it had to be 35 degrees. That's the thing. It's mountain rain is like freezing cold, not just normal rain. Yeah. So it went from rain. And then I was like, this would be really bad if it sleeted. Then it started sleeting. And then it started <laughs> hailing. And I was like, okay, this is fine for right now because the hail is small. But if the hail starts getting bigger, this could be a little dicey. Um, and then it went lightning, thunder. So I, I was trying to count in between. It was like one second, maybe. And I went, ooh, that was really close. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> my mantra the whole race because it had started thundering and lightning before that, but I was just saying like, hello, thunder, my old friend. Like, just, I don't know. I like, it's probably not the safest mentality. And if I had felt like, if I had felt that I was more unsafe and not going back into trees, because I was just about to go back into trees, I would have like done more to be, (laughs) to like kind of put myself in a better position. But I, I knew I was like right at tree line, right heading back down. Um, but it, the, the course just like looked completely different. Cause we came back up and they're like mudslides and oh, water. Where, like I fell a bunch of times. Um, but when I came and I was also had to run pretty hard cause it was so cold. I was like, well, I'm just going to run faster. Cause I need to generate. Yeah. Some cause then I'll get warm. Yeah, exactly. So I came into the aid station and they were kind of not sure how I was going to react to it because people were pretty were freaking scared. out kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Understandably. Yeah. Cody, how did you feel, dude? You're seeing lightning hit. Well, so I'm a bit sensitive right now because of the race that happened in China where yeah. 
the yeah, fair, totally true. Killed a few people. And, Dude, you know, we were, I mean, filming our thing, we were the same way. Like a huge storm hit while everyone was in the mountains and it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is actually scary, like really scary. Yeah, like plummeting temperatures right. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was crossing my fingers on statistics because I knew Alyssa had carbon fiber poles and other people probably didn't. So those are yeah. less conductive than. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hoping it would like, don't, don't let the lightning strike near Alyssa, please. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, I wasn't sure how the whole race was going to continue yeah. I, thought, I thought with the recent thing that happened in china they so, would have been like no they would pause it or something like, happened to us, you know i thought so because it was like you do a loop and then you do the opposite loop so i was kind of tracking where the men's leader was and i was as i was coming down i was like if i don't see him pretty soon they probably stopped people from going back oh um, so I was kind of like, maybe they will, maybe they won't. And then I saw him coming up and I was like, all right, we're still going. <laughs> yeah, that's so nuts, dude. That's did and then eventually it kind of just stopped or and honestly, we got super lucky. So there was that one storm and then there was kind of a tiny one the next day. But for what they were projecting, it was way better. It just it was unfortunate timing because we were at the highest parts of the race during the worst part of the storm um and actually they kind of do the cutoffs to make to like help that so that people don't end up quite as hot but um yeah i mean it's just like a colorado summer race there are storms in the like afternoons and evenings so you just kind of have to do the best you can but I came into the aid station and was like happy as a clam. I don't know. I was fine. I, I was, I had expected it. I, I felt safe where I was and yeah. just was like, this is fun. This is what I signed up for. Yeah. So. That's, I mean, all those races, like, you know, when you think about like hard rock or any of the ones out, out here, that are hundred milers, you're like, at some point it's going to be the afternoon and there's going to be thunderstorms. Like, how do you deal with that? How do you handle that? You know, that's, that's crazy. That's, and I, to me personally, like out of everything out here that can like seriously harm you and like rattlesnakes and mountain lions and all that stuff, like that stuff doesn't scare me. Lightning though, I'm like super sensitive to it. I'm, you know, I would definitely have been shaken for sure. Colorado, the Colorado weather is just constantly trying to kill you, whether it's, it's <laughs> or it's the winter and it's the snowpack. Snow yeah. It's just all yeah. Now we got smoke in the air, like just wildfire smoke, and I'm just breathing it in while I run. I'm like, well, this can't be good for me. What is happening, Colorado? Stop it. Yeah, Colorado's supposed to be like this golden child. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Dude, and I'm from Iowa where like nothing can kill you except a cow. Like. <laughs> That's it. Tornadoes? Yeah. Uh, good call. I forgot about tornadoes. You're right. Like Dorothy, isn't that? Yeah, that was Kansas, but sorry, sorry. we're field of dreams. And yeah, uh, okay, I yeah. feel like I mortally offended you a little bit. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's fine. No, uh, we're good. Um, I do have a story I have to ask about, which is the waterfall rescue. But to do that, I'm going to bring on a very special guest right now. She's so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is awesome. I, I surprised her with Anna. Anna. Hey. What's, what's up? up? What's up? Wait, I can't see Alyssa. What oh no. Oh, you got us with the Zoom. I don't know how to, I'm on, oh, all right, we're good. I can okay. see everything. Hey, Cody. I didn't know you were coming. Yeah, I didn't oh, know either. So I'm surprised. <laughs> I was secretly planning with Anna over Instagram, which by the way, Anna, your Instagram, every time I like read your, like the name on it, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, Anna, Anna had a big D. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a weird last hey. name. And then I'm like, not her last name. Not her, it's had a big day. I'm like, okay. Um, are you, are you recording right now? I am. Well, okay. So it used to say, it used to just be Anna Albrecht. Um, but then people were like it, it looks like it says anal brecht (laughs) (laughs) i had and then i changed it to like anna k albrecht and then i changed it to anna big day i don't want my username to say anal (laughs) that's incredible that's hilarious yeah Um, so i was just about to ask uh Alyssa about the waterfall so anna was Alyssa's pacer so 
she's yeah. been on the podcast before. It was an awesome conversation. Did you guys meet at Hurt 100 then? No, oh. we met. Yeah, so Anna, I actually witnessed Anna's first ultra distance run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Anna was like, I kept getting, or we have a mutual friend, Alex. Well, you know Alex too. And Alex was like, hey, my friend Anna's coming out. She's like trying to get in the trail scene. And then we got this, who's like an incredible trail runner. But she was just like this little shy runner. Like, oh, I really like to exercise. And then she just comes out and like blows people out of the water. Um, well, we went on quite a few trail runs. Um, but I left the island before you got, I think, yeah, before before I started being hurt. Yeah. So I've just gotten to watch afar at her hurt magnificence but um no it uh it worked out i was kind of looking for people to help out because i wasn't sure if he could come and anna's like i'll be in colorado and i was like sick i could not oh. ask for like a better pacer crew to come out because i know she can she can uh crush it that's awesome that's so cool i didn't yeah i didn't know if you guys knew each other beforehand or if it was just like happenstance or whatever Oh yeah. Yeah. I just saw her post on Instagram or something. And I was like, I have to like, I'm all over this summer, but I'm like in the middle of driving. I'm in Hawaii right now, but I'm in the middle of driving my car from Minnesota to Seattle. So I had to go to Colorado anyways. So I was like, I'll, I'll be there. Like that gives me a date to be there by. So <laughs> that's cool. So I gotta ask, is your car like just somewhere in Nebraska right now? No, it's at my sister. Colorado. I just like needed a, I just took a break from, I took a vacation from my vacation to come back to Hawaii for a week. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I have to hear Anna. I know Alyssa texted me about the waterfall incident. So I got to hear what happened there. All right. You want me to tell the story? Sure. And then we can get Alyssa's perspective. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we were like, <clears throat> well, what mile was it? Alyssa, because you're deep in it. Yeah, so it was nine ninety ish. Like, yeah, yeah, let's say like eighty seven to ninety, because it it's actually like one hundred and three miles. So yeah, yeah. Just we determined that Colorado has been founded on lies, or Uray in in particular. That race was founded on nothing but lies because we're like none of the mile markers made sense. But it was like her second to last big climb um and on our way up it started raining on us um which was actually super nice because it was getting super hot up there um but yeah it started pouring rain and we kind of on our way up we were like man we haven't seen that guy that was like right in front of us in a while like I wonder what happened kind of and then we finally got up towards the top and we saw the guy that we were talking about and he's like there's a waterfall coming up. Be careful of the water crossing. Like when he was there, it was when the rain was its worst and the, it had just like swelled so much. He said he had to like stand there and wait for 20 minutes. Um, Whoa. Got to the waterfall. Yeah. And it was flowing. It was not as bad as like what he described, but it was still like, I mean, it's still flowing water. Um, and there was like this rope that went across the river that we had to go on. So Alyssa went first. She went across and like didn't even get her feet wet the first time. And I'm like, all right, my turn. And I went and like I got in like the rocks were not like it had obviously like swept like a lot of the stuff away because like the rocks were not like good stepping stones by any means. Like there there was ones that just kind of like fell over and stuff. There wasn't like a super great path across. Um, but we went across she did the little stamp thing to like prove she got to the top of the thing and on the way back i was like watching her go across and she had like tension on the rope behind her but then like as she got like halfway through i don't know if you like lost your balance or something but it literally just happened in like slow motion i just watched like her start falling back and she's trying to grab the rope in front of her but there's too much slack so she just like fell straight on her back and i'm like oh shit she's onto the waterfall so i'm like um and she let out this like sad little whimper <laughs> she's like oh <laughs> and like the closest she got to crying the whole time but like um yeah i like I know that noise. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> just like, uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I went into the water and I like, first I put my hand out and I was like, she does not like, she's that deep in a run. Like she doesn't really have that strength to like pull herself up. So I just like, I went down and I just like scooped my arm underneath her armpits. And like, I was like, all right, we're up. <laughs> And then, yeah, then we kept going. She was soaked and it was cold. <laughs> you were like, I'm, I, I live in Hawaii. Like waterfalls are my thing. And then you jumped in. <laughs> I got you. Picture <laughs> of a waterfall doesn't do it justice. Cause I got, I actually had pictures of it when the guy, that same guy came down and showed me like, this is some, there's like a bad waterfall out there. And I didn't really understand cause it was too zoomed in, but Somewhere along the lines, I got a zoomed out photo, but it was like a, a waterfall. Well, it's like a, a cliff and then, and like, then like flat 40, and then cliff. You know, yeah, like, you know, 20 feet or something of the riverbed or whatever with a water slide. But then again, there's another like, you know, big waterfall. So if you were to like lose your footing, you would go over another waterfall. There's like a full drop off. Yeah, like 10, not even 10 feet away from her. And it was like, yeah, it was straight down. So I mean, thankfully the water, it wasn't strong enough to, and where you fell, it wasn't strong enough to like sweep her away, but yeah. still like scary to fall right there. That's super scary. Oh, I have to ask then, like you guys have both done Hurt 100, which is a gnarly, like known for just being like a kind of gnarly course through the jungle. And obviously it's going to be different in many ways because, you know, it's Colorado and Hawaii. They're two different areas, but like, how did they comp How did this course compare to that one? <laughs> well, Anna now wants to do right, so I'm wondering <laughs> on that one, which is awesome, and I think she'll crush. I do. I feel like so it's her is less climbing, um, which the climbing just like like Ure is very unique for that regard. But Ure, you could like like you're on Jeep, Jeep trails for a lot of it, so you can run, like you can actually run. Hurt is just like very hard to run any of it. And you're dealing with such different weather elements. Like Hawaii, you're always dealing with humidity and like moisture and you're yeah. snowing um, and the heat. And you, Ray, you're dealing, like you can be dealing with water, but also you can just get like, you know, it's 70 degrees and beautiful. And you can just like be scooting down a Jeep trail and you can't do that in hurt. But I do think the mental side of things where hurt you're doing loops and you Ray, you're doing these like weird out and backs i think they do kind of draw from the same mental like well where you're just going okay i just can't get bothered by this because if i get bothered by this it's gonna suck one is pointless to be bothered by that right yeah. like you're like yeah. what else like i'm not gonna change the course because i want it to be different <laughs> you know so, and i don't know if you have something to add to that but that course is literally insane like <laughs> I had never even really heard of it until I like volunteered to help Alyssa. And then I looked it up and I messaged her like the next day. I'm like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's like, like hurt, hurt is hard. Definitely. But Yure is literally like 20,000 feet of elevation more. And it's all like the lowest altitude is 7,000. Like, that is insane and you guys go up to like 13 in the first half of it like i don't know like hurt is definitely hard but it feels like like you're not battling the elements as much like you're not at altitude you don't have to worry about lightning storms you're not in like hawaiian mountains are it's like tropical rainforest mountains when you're in colorado like those mountains don't mess around like that's some real stuff. And the last marathon that I like, I, all I did was the last marathon with Alyssa and we had over 12,000 feet of gain. Like that's crazy. It was like, that's the gnarliest course I've ever witnessed. <laughs> I mean, we can't see Alyssa. Like we just, we're just seeing her face right now on zoom. Are your legs like tree trunks right now? <laughs> To climb that much is like mind blowing. Um, they're, I don't know, they're pretty <laughs> fine right now. But yeah, it, it was so funny. I will say, I think one of the other funny parts of the race um, was Anna, like our last conversation on the uphill when my climbing legs and my downhill legs were like, I'm good. Um, but you have that last climb, which is just 
like really i mean like doing a five mile almost five thousand foot climb on itself and then coming back down would be challenging and then tacking on is like the final challenge of your 100 plus mile race um was definitely and like i had been fine the entire race and then i just was like kind of losing it on the last bit because i'd also been up for like at that point 34 35 hours and i had told anna that if i got like really down to basically be like suck it up buttercup like i again respond to tough love decently well and i was just getting like slower and slower and just being like a mopey whiny little kid and anna just goes Alyssa clark is not a little bitch. and the entire climb all i had like i got in my head i was like Alyssa Clark's not a little bitch. Alyssa Clark is a tough motherfucker. Like that just kept going over and over my head. And that was my mantra for probably like two hours of this climb. And thank goodness I had Anna to just be like, nope, you're good. You're not going to give up on this. Like you're not going to allow someone to climb better than you do. You're like finish this race better. Um, so that, that last bit was definitely like, it's kind of the nail in the coffin, but you just gotta keep going up it and uh, realize that like you're almost done. This is the last time. <laughs> yeah. Did this race like kind of reveal like a whole nother level for you? You know, like that you could dig deep and like access. <laughs> Anna, what did I keep on telling Alyssa at the end of the race? <laughs> I don't know what you're telling her. <laughs> Right, I because the whole point was to train for the race that's twice. As oh, much. right, yeah, because so, Jean, so he kept being like, "How do you feel about doing this again, <laughs> like tomorrow?" <laughs> Tor is almost exactly twice that again. Tor is almost ninety k of climbing in two hundred and like thirty miles. So he kept. I literally crossed the finish line. And he goes, "Oh, you ready to do that again?" I was like, "Not right now." <laughs> I was like, "Give her a break." <laughs> 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 you're uh, like surrounded by tough love i like it <laughs> it's like hey man this is what you're training for let's see, get ready yeah so i will say that i do think it did because i would say other than that last climb which you know whatever reason i think i just i needed more calories than probably yeah in but yeah. i think for the most part yeah yeah, nap. Um, I think for the most part, it, it did really show me like, okay, you're capable of hard things and maintaining like mental control throughout composure. and composure, which I will say like in the past, I've not, I've lacked composure in many ways. Um, and I think that it did reveal that. I will say that I am still absolutely terrified anytime i think of tour and thinking about like it, it has gotten better with a little bit of distance but tour is only like four weeks out and i can't believe i have to do that twice <laughs> gosh that's crazy are you i mean yeah so that's the next thing i i have to ask like this is something i'm just really fascinated by is like what do you guys find like all three of you in all different ways, but like, what do you find through like intentionally going out there and suffering? Like this is, there's a, there's an element of like, like a masochistic nature, but you find like, at least for me, and I've found so much through just really feeling that pain and like digging deep and, and whatnot. Who wants to go first? Yeah. I'll go. I matter the least. No. I have no idea. All the stuff we do is totally useless. We're not helping society. So it's literally just a personal, it has to be only a personal journey just to see what you can do, challenge yourself or, you know, the race itself is one thing, but the training is the 90% of the effort you put into it. So just, you know, having a goal to put yourself through something to make yourself better over the long term. That's the only thing I can think of the real reason why. Yeah. What do you got, Anna? Why? Because Anna's like saw that race and was like, I think this is something I want to do. Yeah. I knew the second I saw it, I was like, dang, I have this horrible feeling I'm going to want to do this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think like some of us just have something weird in our brains that like make us just want to see what we can do. Like, I think it's definitely... 
I mean, I, I've said it before, like, it's a, it's a privilege that we get to pick our suffering, right? Like, like, yeah. there's people like that, that, like, that doesn't sound fun to them. Like, maybe they have, there's worse things that you can go through. Um, but I think just like, I, picking like really hard things and like proving to yourself that you can do it. It's, it's kind of empowering. It's, um, it's, I don't know. I don't know why we, I'm still trying to figure out why we do it, but it like, I don't know. It gives you like, it gives you a purpose kind of just to like prove that those things are possible. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I just like it. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. I like hard things and like prove to myself that I can. I, I mean, I would agree. I had someone kind of say like, you're pretty great. Like, it's a little bit concerning that you like doing this so much. And I was like, I think the concerning thing would be if I did this and I didn't like doing it so much. Like if I was still doing it, but I didn't like it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just find so much joy in um, the beauty in the community in that way of like finding something deeper in yourself. Um, and I think, I, you know, I've thought a lot about this and I think in many ways we all want to be special. Like we all want to feel different in some way. And I think that this is what like makes me feel special. Um, it makes me feel like I'm not just, you know, going about every day doing the same thing. And um, I think like maybe that's not the most like noble reason why, but I think we all just want to feel a little bit different. Like we're maybe doing something and it is personal, but also I hope that like, that's why I started the marathons was to hopefully like inspire people to step outside their comfort zone a little bit to face hard things, whether they're created or not. Um, and I, I like, I think there's something so wonderful about that, like deep fatigue, like in your legs, you're like, I've worked so hard to be here and like, I'm here and not a lot of people get to experience that. And a lot of people don't choose to, but I think there's something really magical in that. Like, it's not suffering because I think that suffering says there's like something bad about it. And I don't yeah. think there's bad. I think there's, it's like finding that grit. And for me, I think that part of what pushes me to want to do these things is like, I don't think I've found where that, like, I don't think I've found how good I can become at this or like how much further I can go or how much better I can do something. And I'm just like, so excited to see, all of the like the work that I've put in and like the people around me have put in to help me get there. And I feel like, like it's so cool to be sitting at what you think is like the edge of your potential and be like, but look at how much further we can go. And like, either that's a distance or a time or something. And you're like, it's here. Like if I just keep pursuing this and like keep being smart about it, this is just the beginning. And I think that's like intoxicating in many ways. Dude, that was so perfect. I think one, you need to record like, well, I just recorded it. You don't need to record it, but you need to like play what you just said on repeat when it, when your next wind tour de jaunt gets difficult for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to just download this podcast. Yeah. You'll be like, this is what I was thinking when I had a brain and now my brain is gone. So I need to repeat what I was thinking before. Yeah. it's a race strategy for sure well i want to thank all of you guys for coming on this was super fun i'm glad we got a surpriser anna so thank you um <laughs> where uh where can people kind of like follow the further adventures of all of you guys anna um well i'm on instagram as anna had a big day not anna albrecht for various not reasons <laughs> Albrecht, <laughs> uh, or yeah, or I'm on Strava too, just Anna Albrecht. So you didn't have a problem doing that with Strava. There's like a space. Well, there's a space. It's <laughs> my, but my Instagram handle was just Anna 
all break together. So it was confusing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, at Cody Hajj, but my biggest claim to fame is married to Alyssa. So there's not much going on there. Okay, this is totally not true. Cody yes. is attempting um, a an aid climb up the nose of El Cap in September. So yeah, I know. And he's just like, oh, no big deal. I'm like, no. Dude, all like that blows my mind, man. Like I You yeah. you guys run hundred miles and that blows your mind? <laughs> that blows my mind. Like going straight up. Like I did let me just put this in perspective, Cody. I did like a 60 foot rock climb in Columbia, Missouri. Ooh. And my cousin who's like he's a solid dude. Like he's like six, six, two fifty was belaying me. And the whole time I was so scared I was going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Trust your systems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then my Instagram where I'm probably most active is theory underscore in underscore motion. Um, and then I have a website, Alyssa Clark runs.com. Heck yeah. Sweet. Well, we'll have to catch up with all you guys in the future because I think you guys are all absolutely incredible. So thanks for coming on and yeah, we'll catch up. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. All right. That wraps up this week's episode. Uh, thank you to Alyssa. Thank you to Anna. Thank you to Cody once more. Um, it was really fun, uh, really enjoyable conversation and just kind of fun hearing about a race that has kind of fascinated me uh since i heard about it which i am like what's the result of this podcast i think it's going to be people emailing me saying you're saying ure wrong ure 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 i don't know there's two possibilities there i honestly don't have any idea so um but i bet somebody does and i bet i could look it up really easily you know and I could learn it and I could, <laughs> but it's more fun if I say it wrong and people correct me for sure. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. I, I, that race is really, it's interesting to me. Like when I first learned about ultras, I was like, man, I want to do a mountain ultra, you know, like you see the pictures from the hard rock 100, or the Ure 100 or something like way, way up into the mountains. And you're like, that looks incredible. Um, and since I've been, you know, in the sport, I think I've done one ultra that I would consider a mountain ultra, uh, which was the Grand Traverse in from Crested Butte to Aspen. And it kicked my butt like that destroyed me. I was like, whoa, mountain ultras, that's a whole new ball game here because now you got the big factor of altitude to deal with. And and yeah, so I still am interested though, though, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. You see people running in these beautiful mountain vistas like way above treeline. You're like, wow, to be one of them, you know? Uh, so maybe, maybe someday. Um, I don't really have like a super fancy schmancy outro for this one. Uh, you know, I'm back in school. Life's busy. Life's super busy the last two weeks. Um, I'm on dad mode. Um, sometimes in the middle of the night with my two and a half year old because she's, you know, in the process of learning how to sleep through the night still kind of, uh, which has made it definitely tiring, definitely stressful, definitely difficult. Um and now my runs are, you know, I guess they've always, they most of the time have been, but they're usually at like 4.30 or 5 in the morning. But it just so happens that now when I go out at 4.30 and 5 in the morning, it is completely dark out, which that's, this is always the test of my willpower. Do I have the willpower to stay consistent with training when I leave my house and start running in the dark and then I get home? And it's still dark. That's the difficult times, right? Because I love, one of the, th the main things I love about trail running is going out and exploring, looking around, seeing the beautiful area you're at, watching the sunrise, looking at the animals, all that. And, you know, when, when fall and winter come along, that part kind of gets taken away, at least during the week. Uh, and then on the week, you know, the weekends, I can still go out and, and get all that. But, 
But that's one of those moments where it's like, are you going to stick with this? Are you going to stay consistent? Uh, and I think having like a, something in the future that you're training for really helps with that. Cause then you're like, I don't have an excuse. If I miss, if I miss this training, you know, I might not be fully prepared for this thing that I signed up for and said I was going to do. Uh, and so you kind of have to do it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I am doing, uh, in two weeks I'm doing, uh, the mountain rats race. I've pretty much done it almost every year one year there was a rock slide and we couldn't get out there um in some form or fashion so i ran the 50k one time uh, i volunteered uh, at an aid station one time and then last year i rode the mountain bike uh this year i with i got encouraged by my wife aka peer pressured by her um because i was like i think i kind of want to run the 50k on saturday and then ride, do the mountain bike on Sunday. And we have relatives that live in that town. So it's really, it's a lot easier. Like the kids just play with their cousins and stuff. So if I'm out, you know, it's not as hard. Um, and she's like, you should definitely do that. And that's all it takes sometimes is someone being like, you should definitely do that. I'm like, oh, this sounds like, it sounds like a good idea on paper. But like when you're in the middle of it, Maybe not so much. So uh, that'll be in two weeks. We'll see how it goes. Should be fun. I'll let you guys know. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys are out there. You are finding something to sign up for as we kind of enter the fall, my favorite season, and winter, which uh, sometimes is difficult, especially if you're training to like run or do like an endurance uh, sport like that when it gets all snowy and, and messy. But But putting something on the calendar, having something to shoot for, kind of keeps you on track. So, so yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks again for listening. Um, yeah, we'll get back at you next week.